اشهد ان لا اله الا الله اشهد ان لا اله الا الله اشهد ان محمد رسول الله اشهد ان محمد رسول الله حي على سلام حي على حي على الفلاح حي على الفلاح الله أكبر الله أكبر لا الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل الله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم فإذا نفخ في الصور ويقولون متى هذا الوعد إن كنتم صادقين ما ينظرون إلا صيحة واحدة فإذا هم ما ينظرون إلا صيحة واحدة تأخذهم وهم يخصمون فلا يستطيعون توصية ولا إلى أهلهم يرجعون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إن لكل شيء قلب قلبا وقلب القرآن ياسين أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام من هذا الشيخ الهند وأنا محمود الحسن رحمة الله عليه was released from the prison of Malta after spending four long years then he had an, he had a gathering in which he addressed the ulama of the time and he explained to the ulama that in these four long years in Malta I had thought to myself that what is the downfall of the ummah and he, say, he says I came to this conclusion that two reasons can be found as to why the ummah is in the current state he says the first is we have abandoned the Quran in Majid and the second is he says that we have began, begun to fight amongst ourselves over petty issues and what I would like to speak about today is this attachment 
to the Quran in Majid. We find that Alhamdulillah, we have many makatib, many madrasas, many opportunities for us to learn how to read the Quran in Majid. And that is extremely important. Mu'ana Ashraf Ali Tanmi Rahmatullah says that after a person corrects his recitation of the Quran, then the next step he needs to take upon himself is that he needs to now understand the meaning of the Qur'an Majid. And unfortunately, this is where we find ourselves nowadays, that we know how to recite the Qur'an, or there are opportunities to learn how to recite the Qur'an correctly. But we've abandoned pondering over the Qur'an Majid. We've left out trying to understand the message Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to take. And that is what I would like to speak about today, that each and every one of us, or majority of us, alhamdulillah, Recite Surah Yasin on a daily basis. Every morning we'll be in the habit of reciting Surah Yasin. And if you're not in the habit, then we should get into the habit of reciting Surah Yasin. So in the hadith I have recited before you, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said, Inna likulli shay'in qalban. That every living thing has a heart. Wa qalbul Qur'an Yasin. And the heart of the Qur'an in Majid is Surah Yasin. So Imam Ghazali rahmatullah alayhi explains that why... Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has referred to Surah Yasin as the heart of the Qur'an. So he says a possible reason is, if you look at the theme of Surah Yasin, then the entire theme of Surah Yasin is with regards to the life of the Akhirah. And it's in this Surah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala very vividly and very beautifully explains the different scenes of the life of the Akhirah. And before I explain a few ayat from Surah Yasin, just to give you an understanding of the reality of the day of Qiyamah, Hazrat Malik bin Dinar, rahmatullah alayhi, he says that before he had changed his life, he had lived a very carefree life. He was a policeman, he would maintain public order, but he says his own life was in shambles. Wine, dine, sinful life, totally negligent of the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he says that whilst living this life, he had come across a very beautiful slave, who he had purchased, and from the slave girl, from the slave girl, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had blessed him with a beautiful child. And this young girl was the apple of his eye. And he says that as she was growing up, she had this very strange habit, that whilst he was drinking, she would always try and knock that bottle out of his hand. And he says it was the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that at the tender age of three years old, she passed away. He says his sorrow knew no bounds. He would drown himself in his alcohol to try and uh, console himself with the loss of this daughter. And he says one night he came home, he didn't even read his Isha Salah, he fell asleep. And while sleeping, he has a dream in which he is seeing himself on the plains of Qiyamah. And Malik says that when I look behind me, I see there is a huge serpent which is bearing down on me. And when I look around me, everyone is running helter-skelter. So he says, I began running away from the snake until I see an old man with white beard. I ask him, that old, old man, can you please help me? I have this serpent which is bearing down on me. This old man says to him, that unfortunately I am too weak, I cannot help you. But continue further, maybe you will receive some help. So Malik says, I continued running further until I ascended a hill. And I almost fell over into one of the pits of Jahannam. He says, immediately again I turn around. I run back down that hill. Again I see this old man. I tell him, please can you help me? This old man says, unfortunately I am too weak. I cannot help you. I cannot ward the serpent off your back. So 
He says, but continue further. There is a place where the trust, the amana of the Muslims is found. And perhaps over there you might receive some help. Malik says, I continued until I came to this beautiful palace in which there were various different windows with different types of lights and beautiful chandeliers hanging down with curtains drawn. There was an angel outside this palace. I asked him that please can you help me? So this angel makes a call to the inhabitants of this palace and he screams out, can anyone please help this man? Can anyone please help this man? He says that he sees a whole lot of youngsters emerging from this palace and amongst them was his young daughter who had passed away. She comes running to her father. She embraces her father and with one hand she wards that snake away. Then she plays with his beard and she tells her father, Alam Has the time not come for the believers to surrender their hearts to the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? He says that was the turning point in his life. Then he asked his young daughter, that explain to me these different scenes. So his young daughter says, that that serpent which was bearing down on you was your sins, your gunas. And that old white man who you have seen, that was your good deeds. And unfortunately, your sins were so much that your good deeds could not help you in the least bit. And he says that was the turning point in his life. So some servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows them the reality in this world. But for us, it is for us now to ponder over the quran Majid, And this is the theme of Surah Yaseel, the life of the Akhirah. فَإِذَا نُفِخُ فِي السُّورِ فَإِذَا هُمْ مِنَ الْأَجْدَاثِ إِلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ يَنْسِلُونَ When that trumpet is blown, referring to the second trumpet, when that trumpet is blown, then immediately everyone will come out of their graves and they will proceed towards the plains of Arafah for the day of Qiyamah with speed, with hastiness. In one hadith, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has explained that how a shepherd herds cattle in the same way the malaika will have whips and they will be herding insan towards the plains of Qiyamah. Now just picture how vividly Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is showing us the scene of the day of Qiyamah. They will shout out that, Hi, who has taken us out from our qabars? Who has taken us out from our place of resting? Now the question might come about, that what about those who are experiencing the adab of the qabar? Won't they be wanting to come out of the qabar? Mufassirin explained that the torment of the day of Qiyamah is so severe that they prefer having the azab of the qabr than being resurrected and standing before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the answer will come, هَذَا مَا وَعَدَ الرَّحْمَانُ وَصَدَقَ الْمُرْسَلُونَ That this is what Rahman has promised and the messengers were indeed truthful. Now if you look at all the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses the name Rahman in this ayat. Why was this name used? The most merciful the ultimate of the one who shows mercy. So Mufassirin explained that it was through the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not only did he send us to this world, but he sent so many warnings to save us from the fire of Jahannam. So this is the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings our attention to his power. In kanat illa wahida, muhdarun. It took only one sayha, one screech, one scream, and everyone is gathered together. Just one scream, and everyone is gathered together on the plains of Qiyamah. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is showing us His might and His power. That He is in total control. Every single salah we did this, Maliki Yawmiddin, the master of the day of judgment. The master of the day of judgment. This is His day. If you have done right, then you will be amongst the Jannatis. If you have done wrong, you will be amongst those who are going to Jahannam. فَالْيَوْمَ لَا تُظْلَمُ نَفْسٌ شَيْئًا إِلَّا مَا كُنْتُمْ تَعْمَلُونَ On that day, no soul shall be oppressed in the least but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is showing us His intense justice. فَلَا تُظْلَمُ نَفْسٌ شَيْئًا وَلَا تُجَزَوْنَ إِلَّا مَا كُنْتُمْ تَعْمَلُونَ And you will only be recompensed for that which you did. Again, Mufassirin explained from here the importance of making your own akhirat. Do not rely on the next person. Do not rely on your children. Do not rely on the dua of someone else. Yes, we will ask them to make dua. We will train our children in the correct way so that they send isali sawab for us, etc. But you need to make your own akhirat because you are going to stand and account for your own deeds on that day. فَالْيَوْمَ لَا تُظْلَمُ نَفْسٌ شَيْئًا وَلَا تُجْزَوْنَ إِلَّا مَا كُنْتُمْ تَعْمَلُونَ But look at the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Before He shows us the punishment, before He shows us the abode of the people of Jahannam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first gives us encouragement. إِنَّ أَصْحَابَ الْجَنَّةِ الْيَوْمَ فِي شُهُلٍ فَاتِهُونَ Verily the people of Jannah on that day will be enjoying themselves in their occupations. Allama Shabir Ahmad Uthmani, Rahmatullah alayhi, explains under this verse, that they will be so consumed with their enjoyment, that they will forget everything else. They will be so consumed with the joys which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has provided for them, that they will forget everyone and anything else. So this is what it means, they will be so consumed in their enjoyments. هُمْ وَأَزْوَاجُهُمْ فِي ظِلَالٍ عَلَى الْأَرَائِكِ يَتَّكِئُونَ They and their wives will be in reclining on couches, enjoying the shade of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all these ni'mats of Jannah. So, هُمْ وَأَزْوَاجُهُمْ فِي ظِلَالٍ عَلَى الْأَرَائِكِ يَنْظُرُونَ لَهُمْ فِيهَا فَاكِهَةٌ وَلَهُمْ مَا يَدَّعُونَ They will have whatever fruits they desire. وَلَهُمْ مَا يَدَّعُونَ And whatever they desire. Now, if you look at the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the word, سَأَلَ يَسْأَلُ wasn't used. Not whatever they ask for. Yadda'oon, whatever they desire. Explaining to us that you won't have to even ask for it. So to say, you just click your fingers and you'll have that ni'mat. So this is the bounties and the ni'mats of Jannah. And remember, beloved brothers, it is a reality, the akhirat. Many years ago, in a certain school, a Muslim teacher is addressing the Muslim pupils. And she says that I'm sure many of you don't believe that the akhirat is a reality. You don't believe the akhirat is a reality, it is just a state of mind. Now what is the condition of that person who believes that it's just a state of mind? When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said that definitely it is haq, it is the reality, it is the truth, it is physical, that our life only starts, our eternal true life only starts once we pass away. So we need to consciously continue bringing this into our lives, that we are going to stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala one day. That our life, our true life only starts once we pass away. And then the ultimate for the people of Jannah, Salamun qawlam min Rabbir Rahim. Peace, greeting from your Rabb who is most merciful. And ulama explained this will be the ultimate of rewards. That imagine Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is greeting you and telling you peace be upon you. The malaika are telling you, Congratulations, peace, this is your final abode, enjoy, no death after this.
So after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explains to us the realities of Jannah, then comes a very frightening statement. Imagine on that day, everyone is standing on the plains of Qiyamah, and then that announcement is made, O criminals, O sinful ones, O non-Muslims, now separate yourselves. Meaning two groups are made, you on the left, Jahannam, you on the right, Jannat. Imagine, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. Imagine if your name is called out on that side. That terror, that horror that one will experience. وَمْتَعْزُ الْيَوْمَ أَيُّهَا الْمُجْرِمُونَ Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses them. أَلَمْ أَعْهَدْ إِلَيْكُمْ يَا بَنِي آدَمَ أَلَّا تَعْبُدُ الشَّيْطَانِ That didn't I take a covenant, didn't I take a promise from you that you will not worship shaitan. And it doesn't only mean the physical worship of shaitan, but meaning following his ways, being influenced by him. Following the ways which are contrary to the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Didn't I take that covenant that you will not worship shaitan and you will worship me alone? This is a straight path, a clear path which I've set out for you. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explains the plot of shaitan. That certainly he has misguided multitudes of people. أَفَلَمْ تَكُونُوا تَعْقِلُونَ Do you not ponder? Do you not ponder over this? So this is that important, أَفَلَمْ تَكُونُوا تَعْقِلُونَ That you need to ponder that, Ya Allah, I do not want to be on this side. I need to rectify my life. I need to be on the path of Rahman, on the path of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then, on that day now, when these people are standing before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, these criminals, then they will try to argue with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No, but I did not do this. Perhaps it wasn't like this. So then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, اليوم نختم على أفواههم On that day we will seal their mouths. اليوم نختم على أفواههم وتكلمنا أيديهم And now their hands will begin speaking. وتشهد أرجلهم بما كانوا يكسبون And their legs will testify against them to the actions which they did. Meaning now your mouth will be sealed. You cannot argue. But rather your limbs will begin speaking. In one hadith, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam explained that the first of the limbs which will speak will be the right thigh. And it will testify against you that I did this action, I did that action. You will not even be able to argue. So just look at this vivid scene Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala paints to us of the day of Qiyamah. And this is the message that every single day we should try and read Surah Yasin. But ponder over these meanings. Imagine a person reads this every morning with this consciousness of mind that I have to stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is so to say a moral compass that how I'm going to live my life on this day. Do I want to end up on the side of the Jannatis? Do I want to end up on the side of those who are going to Jahannam? So this is what we need to do. Come back to the quran Majid. Yes, it is very important that we learn how to recite the quran Majid. We do the hifz of the quran Majid, But together with that, let us take out that time to understand the message of the quran Majid. Imam Ghazali rahmatullahi explains that another reason why Surah Yasin is known as the heart of the Quran Majid. He says that for a person's physical well-being, for a person's physical well-being, then it is imperative that his heart is also in a good condition. Proportion to the condition of his heart, meaning his physical heart, his physical body will also be healthy. So he says similarly, proportionately to a person's conviction in the akhirat, Proportionately to a person's conviction in the akhirat, 
According to that will be the strength of a person's iman. According, just remember this, proportionately to the strength of a person's conviction in the akhirat, proportionately will be the strength of a person's iman. So the more we have conviction in the akhirat, the more our iman will grow. And this is something which not only we should inculcate in our lives, but continue speaking about it to our families as well. Just over these last few days, whilst I was preparing this from Surah Yasin, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's quran Majid has an effect on any heart. Whilst I'm preparing it, and because you're only reading about the day of Qiyamah, you're reading those ahadith to do with the day of Qiyamah, automatically you feel some effect within you. Automatically by you trying to understand this quran Majid, you feel some effect within you. That you will see automatically a person now will think, this action, will it lead me to Jahannam or will it lead me to Jannah? And in that way, automatically by having this conviction in the Akhirat, a person will start staying away from sins and he will start doing good deeds towards the Akhirat. So this is the message, beloved brothers, today, that we ponder over the Qur'an Sharif ayats and a simple way ulama explain. For example, we've explained a few ayats of Surah Yasin. So take out some time to read a reliable tafsir and understand some message for the week. Some message of the Qur'an Majid we ponder over. And that message we ponder over for the entire week. And like that, if every week we take out a different portion, our understanding of the Qur'an Majid will increase. The second thing we can do is, we go to some reliable alim, and we ask him, ask him, can you explain a few verses of the Qur'an Majid? So I can take this home with me, I can ponder this, I can ponder over this. So this is the second thing we can do. Then, another easy method is, those last few surahs, from Alam Tara to Nas, which are read most often in our salah, in our sunnah salah, etc. We read these short surahs. So learn the meanings and the message of these surahs. So in this way, whilst we perform in our salah, not only are we pondering over the Qur'an in Majid, but also we are increasing our concentration. Now a person is thinking, I'm reciting this surah. This is the message Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants me to take from this surah. So this is the message that we should take home today, that together with learning how to recite the Qur'an, together with doing our hifz, etc., let us take our time to ponder over the Qur'an in Majid. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَفَلَا يَتَدَبَّرُونَ Quran." Do they not ponder over the Qur'an in Majid? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil.